Pinball Nerds to episode 443 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Lovert, and on today's episode, I'm very excited to have the one, the only, Julie Dorsers of Monday Night Pinball and Lopple. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you, Albert, for having me. <laughs> Good to talk to you again. Yes, it's been forever, which was really weird because I used to see you every single solitary <laughs> Monday, some Thursdays, and many Saturdays as we went to the same pinball tournaments all the way across across uh, southwestern Ontario. And of course, you're in the theme song, and I haven't had you on there since we've had the theme song. Have you heard yourself in the theme song? No. <laughs> You've never heard the theme song? It's been played over 100 episodes. Well, I'm going to play that for you. And well, you can listen to this episode. All the listeners just heard it a few seconds ago. But Glenn the Skateboarder included you because you had already been on the show three times. Wow. Okay. So now I have to start listening if I'm in the, the theme song. <laughs> um, he calls you Julie Wonder Woman Dorsers. Awesome. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Ian, Ian Gamagoat is also on there. Uh, Krista Pintern is on there, of course. He kind of picked like the people who had been on my show the most. And uh, so a lot of the newer listeners, they don't know that much about you. Tell everybody a little bit about, you don't have to totally go into your background, you know, 100% like story, but a little bit about where you started playing pinball, how you became a, a TD. There's not that many women out there who are TDs and certainly not at a place like Monday Night Pinball, which was a little bit of a punk rock dive bar, right? Um, but yeah, tell everybody maybe who doesn't know you from Lopple, Monday Night Pinball, or just general pinball, a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm Julie Dorsey. I live in London, Ontario, and uh, I've been playing pinball for quite some time, actually. But I used to just play it in the bar because I don't really drink. So when my friends started repeating themselves, I would go play the pinball machines. <laughs> and one of the games I, it was probably around 94 because I was playing, um, I was playing Adam's Family. And then the other dive bar had a, uh, the Brunswick Hotel, if any of you live in London. Ooh. You may rem remember the Brunswick. So I would play Star Trek Next Generation there. And I got quite good at it. And one of my friends started calling me Janeway. And so that nickname stuck. And that's my nickname for a lot of my friends. Um, and then about oh, just before Lopel started, I had a friend of mine say, oh, uh, Speedy and a bunch of his friends are going to start a pinball league. I said, a pinball league? Where's their pinball? Because at that time, there wasn't many bars that had games in them. So I was like, oh, I want in. So I went to the first meeting, and they said, who would be treasurer? And I said, oh, I'll, I'll be treasurer. I'm really honest and I'll take care of everything and I think at the time it was ten dollars to play or five dollars to play and we mm -hmm. had about 15 people 
Well, I continued to be treasurer for the whole time, and we haven't had pinball for a while, so that's kind of sad. But yeah, um, so uh that's kind of how i got into it i actually did go to a chicago um pinball expo in 1999 wow I drove myself to chicago i got lost and i don't think it was a good neighborhood uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was before gps so um it was actually quite funny and I, I didn't realize it at the time. So I stopped at a gas station lost and it was raining and it was night and the guy looked at me and it was behind plexiglass and he said, go down here, turn left and go now. And, <laughs> and <"Okay." laughs> yeah, don't stop at the red lights, drive straight through them and get the hell out of Dodge and hopefully you don't run out of gas or get a flat tire. That's right. So uh, I made it to the hotel and I was, I was like tickled and people were going, how many games do you have? I'm like, none. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. I actually did the Williams tour. So it was at the time when it was Williams pinball. So really? So it, that was really fun. So I have kind of been connected to pinball for a long time. And, um, you know, I started competing. I went with Mike Dynas to Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, to Shout out. Tournament. And uh, I didn't do very well, but I had a lot of fun. And uh, I started to meet people in the pinball community, and I kind of got hooked at uh, competing. So not being able to do that for the past year is a little bit, uh, it's kind of sad, right? Like, it's, it's just something that's part of my life that I don't get to do right now. And, you know, my life is good. Mm -hmm. I'm working, doing well, but... It's the fun things that I really miss. Yeah, and I think I asked uh, our mutual friend Ian Hare about this as well. Is, is it like if for me at the start, I was just missing the competitive part of it, and then after like six months, I was like, "Screw it, I'm just missing hanging out with all my friends all at once." You know what I mean? Like at first, I was more missing the competitive edge, and then now, at this point, I'm like, "Fine, don't even give us ifpa points, but can like we just have a vaccine so we can all just get together?" And I don't even care if we play pinball. I would come back to London just to hang out with the Lopplers and the Monday Night Pinball people just to hang out. Of course, I'm sure there would be pinball involved, but um, what for you, is it the people or is it the competition that you're missing more? I, I do miss some of the people. I don't miss all the people, but I <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes there, there's always one and I don't quite, uh, a few actually, but for the most part, I, I miss everybody. And, and when I heard that Pinberg wasn't going to happen anymore, that was uh, that was really sad. Can you hear my kitty? Yeah. Who who is that? Which one? Prince, Prince Rory von Maples. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Who's my old guy, and he he uh, uh, likes a lot of attention. Yeah. So um, he's what yeah, we welcome. We welcome cat pets on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do I do miss the people, and when I heard Inberg was done mm -hmm. i was really because that event it, it was like going to camp i yeah. remember i heard somebody describe that like going to a camp and seeing everybody and you know is is that going to come back ever probably not uh will there ever be a tournament that big i don't think so fingers so crossed that, but yeah you're right that was really sad and uh 
you know, I, I explained it to Tim. I said, it's Tim, it's like if Vegas shut its doors and you could never go back to Vegas. And he's like, oh, that would be really sad. So, you know, it's hard, but. Yeah. It's now for everyone who doesn't know Tim, uh, th that's your partner. And he happens to like, is it Baccarat that he likes? No, no, no. He's a crap craps. player. I knew I was going to mess it up. He's a big, he's a hardcore craps guy. In fact, uh, you not only have pinball machines in your house, but you have a full size like pretty much full-size casino craps table. It's a six-foot custom-made craps table, and uh, he actually teaches lessons. So anybody who wants to go to, you know, when we can open up again, he will teach you how to play craps. And he knows he knows that game really well because there's about 300 different bets you can make. Mm -hmm. has the best odds and... It's, it's a really fun game, um, you know, and he, he just loves it. And his goal is when they put a full casino here in town and he retires, mm -hmm. he'll be dealer. <laughs> well, he's, he's tried to explain me the rules a couple times, and I'm like, I can't even understand the rules on, like, 90s Williams machines, nevertheless, you know, <laughs> due to my bad habits. But uh, how, how have you and Tim been doing? Have you guys been staying sane through COVID? Uh, I've been trying to walk more. Mm -hmm. and, uh, because I've been working full time, it hasn't really, you know, it's just at night, we don't really have much to do. But I tend to work till eight o'clock at night. So it's only on the weekends that we have a bit of time. So it's just kind of... Um, it's just kind of, there's nothing, none of the fun things to do, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. But I'm having, or Ontario's in lockdown now, mm -hmm. but for the lockdown, I was having a Sunday night dinner every week, and I had uh, uh, three of my single friends who have been in my bubble. Right. Uh, they would come for dinner every Sunday night. So, because of the lockdown, we're not even doing that, but... <sighs> You know, um, friggin' COVID. Friggin' COVID, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the numbers aren't getting better. And, I mean, we're not as bad as the states, but we're, we're not doing great here in Ontario. Um, and, and I don't know, the lockdown really hasn't made a difference. So, I, I don't know if lockdowns work or not. I haven't decided yet. So, <sighs> but I, it's, I it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Uh, I unfortunately got some bad news from my sister this morning. She works in palli uh, the palliative care in uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake. And uh, she unfortunately, it, 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 her test hasn't came back positive, but her other coworker who she works on shift with all the time came back positive yesterday. And she started getting symptoms about three days ago. So she gets her test results today. But when I talked to her this morning, her voice was gone. She tried biting into a full piece of garlic, tasted nothing. I'm like, you got the COVID, Melinda. Like, I just, uh, I, I, I mean, she, they're getting, palliative care is getting people with COVID left, right, and center. But no matter how much PPE you wear, if there's just that much COVID in and around that space and you're there that long, eventually you're most likely going to unfortunately get it. So, and the, 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 the really, I almost said the S word, but I'll say shats. The shatsy part is, is that she's probably a week away from getting her stupid uh, vaccine, right? So 
because she's a frontline worker. So, but I think she'll be fine. Like, you know, she's relatively healthy. The the good news is she quit smoking last year. So she's got slightly cleaner lungs from seven or eight months of, you know, um, and she's, she's quite a bit younger than me. She's, I think seven or eight years younger than me right now. So she, you know, she, she's probably going to be fine, but she said it's, it's not like any flu she's ever had trying to sleep at night. She's just hot and cold sweats everywhere. And I'm going, Oh my God, this is, you know, I, I knew she was high risk for it, but, uh, it's what you don't want to hear when you know someone's a week away from getting a vaccine. Right. Right. But, and, you know, funny, because I actually don't know anybody directly that's had COVID. Mm-hmm. I only know indirectly, you know, like I don't know your sister. Right. I know you. So I only know, you know, two degrees away people who've had COVID and uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I've been doing everything right. And mm-hmm. most friends have been doing everything right. I don't know. It's uh, it's hard. So you just hope that they do get that vaccine rolling out and, and we can all get it. Yeah. So. As soon as they give me the opportunity, Julie, I'm just going to be like, guys, give me all the vaccines, put them all in my arms. Let's go. I'll take all of them. I don't care which one it is. And then I'm coming back to Ontario. You know, I, you know, hopefully you, I think you guys need it out there even worse, obviously, but uh, you know what? I think this is going to be the year that pinball is going to come back. I don't know if it's going to be the summer or the fall. I don't know if Allentown will be able to happen. Is it fair to say Allentown's probably your second favorite event to Pinburg? Yeah, I love, well, and Allentown is so fun because I go in this group of guys, you know, a couple of years I was the only, only woman hanging out with all these, you know, Speedy and Corey and, yeah. and, and they're just, it's just so fun. And it's more about, you know, we go for dinner the Thursday night and, and we all, we go to the same restaurant and, uh, you know, the guys get a little bit intoxicated and uh, we just had so much fun. And, you know, we'd put a game in a room in somebody's uh, hotel room and we'd be playing games till four in the morning. Right. You know, it's just and what they fix the game right in the room. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so um, I, I do miss that that crew because they were just so much fun. And there was a huge aerial contingent that went to Allentown because there's kind of some deals to be had and they would get parts and they they would just be on the hunt for all these things and it'd be like who got what game and you know we'd bring back 15 16 games we'd have a trailer and put as many games as possible inside so we're trying to get more games in Canada right yeah (laughs) Where do we get? Sorry, Americans. We got. We're gonna come down to Allentown. Take all your good games. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I bought the Electronimo, which eventually became Wonder Woman. So, um, you know, uh, and that was kind of on a whim, uh, just because I saw that game and I thought, oh, this could be something else, right? Because nobody, what, what's the Electronimo? It's just kind of a, and you know, it had a nice backlash, but it wasn't. Uh, wasn't a theme that drew a lot of people, right? So, yeah, uh, you know, and I had, I had to, you know, I didn't do most of it. Uh, I had, I put my two cents in a lot, but mm-hmm. it was like Corey who did all the fixing and Kyle who did the artwork, which was 
so amazing. I was, you know, I was over the moon and uh, with how well that turned out. And uh, I kind of hope that more people do that with old games, right? Because you get a game and the play field's really worn or, and if you could, you know, turn it into something else, something kind of fun, I think that can revitalize some older games and uh, can turn out to be kind of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Wonder Woman because I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. It's such a neat process and I'm glad that you did revive that game because a lot of these games, like you'll see collectors, they'll have 200, 300, you know, really old EMs and they kind of just either sit in storage or in a barn. It's like, you know, quite a few of them are in such poor condition. They're not, you know, by the time you spent $500 fixing them up, you're not really necessarily going to get your money back. But in the case of Wonder Woman, I remember a long time ago, you were offered like some pretty good buck when you were down in Allentown for it and you were showing it off. Um, did um, did that actually, deal ever happen or no? I had, I've had somebody email me the huge um, Wonder Woman fan and he's, but he's not a pinball player. Oh, okay. <laughs> referred him and I, I put kind of a, a pretty high price. Because you love it. Well, and you know, I I have to get some money out of it, mm -hmm. but um, I, you know, everybody says, "Oh, don't sell it." I'm like, but then I could buy something else, right? <laughs> and you've got your fun out of it. You've had it a couple of years, and remember. Uh, I came and did that live stream with you. So we have that. I, I Sometimes I'll go back. I think I've gone back now twice over the time and watched little clips from the live stream. So that was a really fun live stream. We had uh, George Decay was in the background behind us. He was cheering us on. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun live stream. So I do eventually. George Decay? No, it's um, it's Patrick McGowan from. Um... Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's Tim's favorite show, the, the Prisoner. So I bought him the life size uh, cardboard stand up. It was not George Takei because I sorry. That, but. It's been a while. It's been a while, but. Uh, now this is a little bit of a topic change, but this is something I really wanted to ask you about. I'm sure you've heard Call the Office is officially closed now. And although it was under different ownership and different people and no pinball machines, it still got me very sad because I had hoped someday to come back to London. And although I couldn't play pinball there, I hoped to go for at least a beer and maybe watch a band or maybe we meet up with like the hardcore uh, Monday Night Pinballers slash the hardcore, you know, that group of Monday Night Pinballers who also go to yeah. all the Call the Office events like uh, Janet and Mark Turand and uh, Milkman and, you know what I mean? So what was it that made Monday Night Pinball so unique and so special at this little crappy, probably the probably the biggest dive bar or close to it? Man, maybe not the biggest one, but close to the biggest dive bar in London, Ontario. And you walk in and here's like the most gorgeous selection of awesome machines that you could think of in all Southwestern Ontario. Well, and that's part due to, you know, Tony... Tony, who was running the bar at the time, and and Mike Speedy's um, Speedy's relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Because they had a good relationship, so there was a lot of trust there. Because the moment that Tony wasn't there and left, you know, Speedy was like, "Well, I don't know those people. I'm not going to leave my, you know, all my games in there because they're worth so much." Right. And I think. You know, what made it special was it was kind of a core group 
and it was a fun group and and nobody would got upset if you didn't know how to play right we didn't take ourselves too seriously well there were you know i I took it seriously and there was a few other people who took it seriously in, in terms of ifpa points but then there were the people who it was more of a social event and right. i think there was a nice mix of that and um you know people came because it was about the only thing to do on a monday night mm-hmm. and you know i i i think i ran it and i made it fun you know i had a few little prizes and it was just a, a good night to chit chat and I know I, I talked to Mark and City and he, he said, oh, he's missing, he's missing people. And yeah. uh, night is, he's missing Monday night, right? Because it's, it, you know, that's just what we, we all hung out and I put people in different groups every week. And so you talk to somebody different every week and you could still talk to everybody. But, you know, when you're in a group, you tend to talk a bit more. And mm-hmm. So... What made that special? I think I just think because mostly because we kind of had the bar to ourselves. There yes, would be a few people that would come in, but mostly we had the bar to ourselves, so we didn't have people kind of you know interrupting us. I guess, mm-hmm. and um, I I think it was just a, a fun little group, and uh, you know when it moved to. Uh, Speed City Records. It wasn't the same. It was a smaller room, but we still kind of had fun with it. And I had fun there. I only got to go there maybe four or five times, but I had a great time playing there. Yeah, it, it just it, the space was a little bit tighter, but yeah. it had a little backyard there that we could hang out in, and you know, we could we all looked at records and picked different records out to play. And yeah, and I, you could grow some nice plants out there and have some fresh air. And yeah, so. Um, I, I do miss the Monday night. Yeah. The, the weird thing is for me now, don't tell anyone from the London, Ontario pinball league. Hopefully they don't listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm sure they won't. Most of the people have forgot about me by now. I've been gone a couple years. I'm in a different area code. I'm in a new time zone. What's that? Yes, exactly. Um, but I miss Monday night pinball more than Lopal because Lopal, it was very serious. It was like at Lopal, I would have like two or three beers, but I would, be researching every game and I would be really concentrating on trying to do my very best. And like, I really wanted to like, can I get top 10 of these like 50 incredible players or 40 or whoever, you know? And that was my, that was, I took that very seriously, but you took it so seriously by the time you're done, you're done. You're almost, your nerves were a little bit shot. Your cortisol was high. You're almost exhausted just from being, you know, almost like not stressed, but just like high anxiety for this two or three hours. Right. And uh, whenever I went to Monday Night Pinball, I never had that feeling until finals. If I, I, you know, I got to go to finals a couple times at Monday Night Pinball, then I started to get a little bit of nerves in that. But after my first month or two of coming to Monday Night Pinball, I eventually just, you know, really felt at home. And I didn't care which group I was in. Sometimes I would, you know, be in the group with the the left handies that would go out for extra fresh air between the rounds. You'd have to come and yell at us for being late. Come on, guys. It's time to start the round. Holy cow. You're taking forever. Um, but I do want to thank you because you were, you were very good at being welcoming to all the new people yet still being strict enough about being on time. And for me, I'm not great at not being tardy as you're aware. I know. (laughs) So 
I don't even, I think several times I got there like 15, 20 minutes late and you still were like, oh, fine, Albert. And you like, you put me in a group and, you know, I don't think you ever turned me away, which I really, really, really appreciate because you could have, because I was either late or on the verge of becoming late very often, especially when I was working at Monkeys and driving in from out of town so often. But I just, I just had a great time at Monday Night Pinball. And I wonder how many other awesome leagues around North America feel the way that we did that. It's just a little small group of people take over, you know, a bar or part of a bar on a night that's not that busy. And like, cause Lopal, I, I want, went to like, I don't know, two dozen of them, but I went to over, I counted, I went to over 80 Monday night pinballs in two and a half years. So I went to almost like, I was going to th three out of four weeks on Mondays. I was there, maybe even five out of six. Um, now I'm looking at IFA, Julie. We have played a total of 114 times. <laughs> How many of those times do you think you've beat me? Uh, if you had to guess, 119, 119 times, sorry. Maybe 80? Well, it appears that I'm slightly better than you think I am because it's only 70. <laughs> oh, okay. So, but, okay. so we have five ties. Or I just sent you out with the left-handers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. You're like, oh, yeah, Albert's playing good tonight. Get him out there again. <laughs> I do know what you mean about Lopal, though, because Lopal was so, you know, and the other thing was with Lopal, we had two sessions because we had so many people. Right. And so that was really stressful right you had to like kind of go okay you you guys are done you got to go and then the next group comes right and so that would make it a bit stressful also um especially for people who had to say you have to go home now you know people who wanted to stay and play but we have a whole new group coming and it it's really too bad that we can't all put our funds together and get a facility that we could have like a co-op of some kind. That would be um, awesome. I know, I know, but I don't, I don't think it'll happen. I think there's too many personalities involved. Or it's a lot of organ. It's a lot of organization. It just is. It's a lot of it, the same thing you said. Some people own certain machines and vice versa, and then you've got to try to get everyone, you know, to come along and agree. Um, we only have about three minutes left. This half an hour has flown by. I want, there's two more things I want to make sure we do here. Uh, I know this year there is a women's advisory panel uh, through IFPA, and I thought that that was a great addition. I don't know too much about it, but as a woman in Pimble, I wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Well, I think, I think it's a great thing. I think, um, you know, we don't, men in, sorry, most men don't realize some of the things that happen mm -hmm. or that said to women um and we need to call that out a bit more mm -hmm. and uh you know it, it's it's about it's about equality for everybody and making it fair for everybody and inclusive for everybody um and i know people will argue why do you need a women's league i said well because men are kind of mean so, well, for somebody new, yeah. you know, they, you know, they don't understand, they haven't played pinball enough, so they don't know the rules, they don't know, you know, like, they don't think about even a simple thing like ball safe, 
right? They might not even realize there's a ball save. And um, especially competitive people get upset about that, right? right? Like, I'll correct my ball and, you know, you launched my ball instead of your own. And so, and that, and then there's things that they're just sexist. Yes. They great things. And, you know, there's, there's joking and then there's like, you're just not being a very nice person. Right. And, and I can take a joke mm-hmm. and, Especially if it's somebody I know, I I can joke around with people. Oh yeah, you're pretty easy going. I'm pretty easy going, but when somebody says something completely like, so there's a new pinball group on Facebook, and it's for the people who've been banned from other Facebook pages because they said some something inappropriate. Right. And the picture was a woman in a um in a little underwear with no top on playing pinball. That's stupid. I, I, I remove myself from any of those groups. That's stupid. Now, that being said, I did just get a future spa, and I know some of that, but this is not no, like, I think you know. spa is hilarious. Thank you. It's not just the men, the women on it. It's the men, too, right? And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's this very bizarre. The artwork is awesome. I Thank you. It. Paul Ferris did the, uh, the, the, the backlash, which I think is my favorite. I like the play field as well. I forget the artist who did that. Julie, I've only got about 30 seconds here. I want to ask you one last question. Who from the London, Ontario Pinball League or Monday Night Pinball should I try to interview in the future? Um, well... What what about Mark? I would love to interview him again. I haven't interviewed him since uh, the nightmare before Christmas. Uh, of course, when I did that, that was about 300 episodes ago, though, now. So I'm sure we could come up with something else to talk about. Well, and uh, Corey Cook is always great. I know he didn't come out to, my, to pinball very often, but he uh, can ask him about games he's fixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to he, chat with him. He's great at fixing things, and or Ray Boyle. I, I know he hasn't been part of the league. For I I kind of bugged Ray to be on the podcast a couple times. He was like, eh. so I don't know if that's like his cup of tea. But uh, I, well, either way, he he hasn't. He is the restoring guy, right? So he'll take a game and he'll make it amazing. Amazing, Julie. Yeah. I love you, but I have to go. I've got ten seconds here. If you know how it goes, say it with me. Until next time, pinball nerds. Remember to eat, sleep, and breathe. Eat and breathe pinball. pinball.